Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm happy to be here today, as always, with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, it's great to be here talking about a topic that I think is really important to a lot of people. Yes, really important and quite timely. You know, there's nothing quite as painful as the fear of letting people down or of letting ourselves down. The fear that we'll be exposed as a fake or an imposter. We try so hard to be accomplished. We always want to do a great job, but what if we can't? What if we're not good enough? What if we fail and people lose faith in us? Was it just luck that we pleased them before? Why can't we live up to their expectations or our own? Well, these feelings are much more common than you think and are part of a psychological phenomena called the imposter syndrome, a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments or talents and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Even though people who suffer from imposter syndrome are often quite accomplished and often successful, they feel like they're one failure away from being exposed as a phony or an imposter. This is so hard to understand, but it's a lot harder to live with, and many of us have. Psychologists say that 70% of both men and women will have experienced the imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. 70%. According to the International Journal of Behavioral Science, imposter syndrome affects all kinds of people from all walks of life. Women, men, medical students, marketing managers, actors, executives. So, Let's talk about why the subject is becoming more important now than ever before. The truth is, there is more stress and self-doubt, insecurity going around than there has been for quite a long time. So much uncertainty about who we are and what our future promises to be. Many people have actually had to reinvent themselves because the work they've trained for is no longer viable as a result of COVID-19. Others of us have had to change the way we work, many times moving our businesses or jobs from a brick-and-mortar facility to an online space, and we find ourselves questioning whether or not we can actually pull it off. In addition, there's so much fault-finding, so much anger, so much harsh judgment of people, it's really hard to feel safe. For me, as a musician and college student, there have been drastic changes. Going from playing gigs every weekend to restaurants and clubs being closed and all of my shows canceled. And as a music student, I've had to get used to not playing music with other people as a part of my educational experience. It's kind of ironic, you know, I'm getting a music performance degree and all the classes in music performance are not being offered because of COVID. So no matter how much experience and positive feedback I've had, there's still this feeling that I'm not going to be as prepared as I should be when I graduate. I know this is putting you in the unusual position of having to generate your own experiences of playing music by recording at home and playing other instruments yourself and I must say, you're doing an incredible job with that. I've so enjoyed the projects that you've done and the ingenuity that you've displayed. It's really been good. 
I really appreciate you saying that, but it's definitely not the same. You know, playing music alone and doing all the parts myself and overlaying the takes and all of that is really fun. And it's a challenging creative process and I've definitely learned a lot. But there's still that anxiety that I haven't received the opportunities to hone my skills and learn my craft and that I'll be less prepared, less skilled and less knowledgeable than I should be when I graduate this year. It makes me worried that more will be expected of me than I'm currently capable of doing. I know, and that is the problem that so many of us are experiencing. With so many changes being made in our environment and so much more that's required of us in different ways, there's a tendency to doubt ourselves, to disregard our accomplishments of the past, and to live with this underlying fear of failure. In an article written for the National Health Service Leadership Council in the UK, author Chris Lake, leadership developer and executive coach, states, There has been one trait common to almost every leader I've worked with. That is a clear sense of personal doubt. They've expressed it in different ways. Some have said, I'm making it up as I go along. Others have confessed a deep-seated and yet suppressed feeling that really they're not up to the job and will be found out any day now. They are experiencing imposter syndrome. Now, the article goes on to say, despite the apparent evidence of your competence, when imposter syndrome hits, you'll remain convinced that you do not deserve the success you've achieved. Imposter syndrome is ubiquitous. The prevailing culture whispers to people's doubts and feeds imposter syndrome. Yeah, that article also pointed out that the NHS is a work environment where there's a lot of stress, and often staff is facing challenges that haven't been dealt with before. Always trying to keep one step ahead of the next crisis, not really being able to rest on their laurels. So the stress of never actually feeling accomplished really adds up, and can lead to insecurity and self-doubt, which is one of the conditions of the imposter syndrome. And so today, we respectfully challenge each of you to get off your affirmation and remember that you are capable and worthy of success. Once again, we respectfully challenge each of you to get off your affirmation and remember that you are capable and worthy of success. During these difficult times, this might be the most important work that you can do. So let's take a look at situations that might exacerbate the imposter syndrome and take a look at things we can do to avoid some of the pressure we might inadvertently be putting upon ourselves. Let's begin with the challenge of perfectionism. Perfectionists set unrealistic expectations for themselves, and even if they meet a vast majority of their goals, any small mistake will make them feel like failures and cause them to question their own competence. I can certainly relate to this one. There have been so many experiences that pointed to my perfectionism and my insatiable need to get every single thing exactly right. The experience that immediately comes to mind happened when I first got started in broadcasting, and I would occasionally lose my train of thought or use ums and you knows too often. I was really quite down on myself when I would listen back and 
I honestly felt that I was cheating the audience out of a professional experience that they should have. Well, after a few weeks of beating myself up after every show, I finally told the station manager that I didn't think I could do the job. He seemed surprised, and when he asked me why, I told him that watching Oprah and Barbara Walters really intimidated me because I couldn't speak as clearly or succinctly as they did, never making a mistake, never tripping over their words. And he said to me, Leona, they're reading. I said, what? He said, they're reading from the teleprompter. You're not. They're carefully timed. They follow a schedule. They have a script. All the interviews are planned well in advance. And if they do mess up, they have the time and budget to take it again. Then he said, our show is much more casual and what you're doing is more than good enough. You're learning and growing and people like what you're doing. As I was driving home, it became clear to me that my perfectionism was really getting in the way. I was comparing our local station with network television, which had a huge budget and dozens of crew and employees all working on making sure that everything flowed smoothly, and comparing myself to seasoned professionals who had spent years honing their skills in a field that I was only just starting to experience. That was really unfair to me. And the more I looked back on that experience, the more I was able to understand what perfectionism can do and how it can mess with your head. Yeah, that really sounds like a recipe for disaster, or at least a recipe for constantly disappointing yourself. I know how hard it is um, comparing myself to musicians that I admire who are all masters, and I always come up short. I feel like I'm constantly having to stop myself and say, you know, they've spent more time playing their instrument than I've been alive, so just be (laughs) patient with the process. But even so, it's still way too easy to fall into that perfectionist trap. It it feels like it's either all or nothing. Yes, it's quite difficult to get ourselves out of that trap, but it's something that's well worth the effort because Perfectionism will rob us of any inner peace we could ever hope to achieve. It sets up an almost impossible standard, and it causes us to feel incapable and unworthy whenever we're less than flawless. I strongly advise that we spend time each day reminding ourselves that perfectionist thinking isn't based in reality and assure ourselves that we can observe those thoughts without engaging them. The more we practice self-observation, the more able we are to question our thoughts and ask, does this belief help me or hurt me? Does it sound logical or is it a setup for self-defeat? Almost everyone experiences times of self-doubt. The important thing is not to allow those times to control our lives. The key is being able to separate ourselves from these perfectionist beliefs observe them, and make other choices. Perfectionism isn't something that just goes away, necessarily, but it is something that we need to constantly put in perspective and be able to observe and evaluate it for what it is. Another belief that can truly be self-destructive is that unless everybody approves of us, then we're no good. 
Now, although it certainly sounds unrealistic and unreasonable to believe that way, this is a cognitive distortion that is unfortunately quite common. And I say unfortunately because I have been victimized by this unfortunate thought process for many years. It has never brought me any peace of mind. It's only served to destroy my sense of self-esteem, and it is something I have been working on for a very long time to train myself out of. Too often, we will accomplish a task and get very positive feedback, except for maybe one person who puts a negative spin on what we did. Rather than put the feedback in perspective, we feel as though we failed. Right. Even if we've received a vast majority of positive feedback, it's way too easy to fixate and obsess over the tiny minority of negative feedback, sometimes to the degree that it almost completely erases all of the positive feedback. Yes, and this is representative of the imposter syndrome at work. Now, if we were to observe a friend responding this way, we would say, don't give that one negative comment so much attention. Look at all the wonderful praise you received. Your reaction is way out of proportion to the facts of the situation. And yet, a tiny, wounded voice inside of us still believes that everyone should have approved. That tiny, wounded voice is aching for love and acceptance. Now, even though no one is capable of getting 100% approval 100% of the time, the fact that we need it so much proves that a part of our self-image needs healing. We need to set about doing that. We need to understand that just because we feel an acute lack inside of us that causes us to feel inadequate as a person doesn't mean that it's true. And it certainly doesn't mean that it can be fixed by the approval of others. Believe me, I can assure you that that's true. And I think you know that too. We need to mentally and emotionally embrace that tiny wounded voice and let them know that they are good enough just the way they are. Now, I know this can seem to be a daunting task because that deep sense of inadequacy has been plaguing us for so long, it seems that it's truly a part of us. But the fact is, it's not a part of us. In most cases, it's our inner child struggling to be accepted, and it becomes our responsibility as the adult to let that child know that they are now, always have been, and always will be spiritual beings having a human experience, and that we are good by nature, flaws and all. Another belief that can contribute to the imposter syndrome is the feeling that we're not competent unless we're experts in our field. We believe that in order to teach or guide others or hold a leadership position, that we have to prove that we know everything. But, of course, this is impossible because no one can expect to learn every minute detail of a subject. All we can really expect of ourselves is that we keep up with new information as much as possible and be willing to say, I don't know, without feeling like a fraud or a failure. Yes, there's another aspect to this belief that really is harmful to us, and that is when somebody is demonstrating the fact that they have to be a perfect leader by knowing everything, they seem to come across in a 
an artificial way. There's a kind of bravado that isn't really sincere, and it makes the rest of us feel that they're trying too hard. Nobody can ever know everything, and to pretend that we do just really smacks of insincerity and insecurity. So this requires self-observation and a willingness to recognize that being an expert does not require us to know everything. And this continues to be a process of finding the areas of our belief system that are self-defeating and to do everything we can to not let them control our lives. Another problem that adds to the imposter syndrome is the belief that we have to accomplish our tasks by ourselves. And if we ask for help, it means that we're incompetent or didn't do our job. Yeah, I've often found myself putting pressure on myself to have to do something on my own. It almost feels like if I have to ask for help, it's um, like an admission of failure. Like I'm not smart enough to figure it out on my own. So I find myself wasting a lot of time frantically trying to learn things that I couldn't possibly have known and then beating myself up for not completing the task and ending up feeling like an imposter. Again, we're talking about unreasonable expectations that we've somehow learned to accept as being true for ourselves. Not having all the knowledge to complete a task is not really a problem. Believing that we have to know everything ourselves is a problem because it wastes time and gives us more reason to believe that we're incompetent. The reality is there's always something to learn, and identifying something that we don't know gives us the opportunity to ask a colleague or a supervisor for help and complete the task in a timely way. The goal, once again, is to identify self-defeating beliefs and stop berating ourselves. The final challenge we'll discuss today is the problem of being an overachiever. People who believe that unless they work harder than anyone around them and succeed in all aspects of life, that they're a failure. Yes, I certainly can identify with that one. The belief that I work as hard as I possibly can and as often as I can and running from here to there and doing things and accomplishing things and being out of breath, I feel if I do that, I won't end up being perceived as an imposter or a slacker. Now, this has certainly been exhausting for me over the years. I've been working on this for a long time as well because in reality, it makes no sense. It's like watching the White Queen in Alice in Wonderland running in place but never getting anywhere. She's exhausted, but nothing really got done. It just looks as though she's working hard. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with hard work, and there's nothing wrong in achieving goals. But when working and achieving occupy such a huge majority of our lives, we need to realize that we're working too hard for a type of security and peace that we will never find that way. It's exhausting and self-defeating. Remember, our goal is self-acceptance and peace of mind. And any belief that unwittingly keeps us away from that peace is something we need to address, deal with, and eventually master. So, let's do a recap. The imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and talents and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. 
Psychologists say that 70% of both men and women will experience the imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. It's important to examine this topic at this particular time when there's so much stress and uncertainty in our environment and in our world. We need to look at some of our attitudes and behaviors that might be exacerbating the imposter syndrome in our lives. First is the challenge of perfectionism, which involves setting unrealistic expectations for ourselves and expecting that we should achieve them, otherwise we're a failure. Next is the unrealistic belief that unless everybody approves of us, then we're no good at all. Third, the mistake that we're not good enough unless we know everything about our job and feel that we constantly have to prove it. Another problem is the belief that if we ask for help when accomplishing a task, that means we're incompetent or that we didn't do our job. Another problem is the belief that if we ask for help when accomplishing a task, that means we're incompetent or that we didn't do our job. Our final challenge to healthy thinking is being an overachiever and believing that unless we work harder than anyone else, we will be seen as a failure. So, once again, we respectfully challenge each of you to get off your affirmation and remember that you are capable and worthy of success. You will make it through this time. You will find an alternate way to let your light shine. You will be capable and competent, and you will learn to rely on the inner voice that says, I can, I am. And I will. Now, the biggest difference between people who feel like imposters and people who don't is how we respond to challenges. There will always be things we need to learn, and there will always be opportunities to improve our skills. This doesn't mean we're flawed. It doesn't mean we're incompetent. It doesn't mean we're imposters. What it means is, that we are willing to open ourselves to the process of honing our skills, developing greater emotional maturity, and learning to accept ourselves and others just the way we are. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please subscribe on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com, to be notified when we release the latest episode. And connect with us on our social media. We're on Facebook, and we would love to hear from you. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. You deserve it.